man. Come on. The light's green. Let's go. Where is it? Oh, there it is. NIL wouldn't be so bad as if they made it a trust fund. Nice. Late to work sports. Sports. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode three of Late to Work Sports. I'm your host, as always, Jonathan, and my new co-host, Vince, is also online. How's it going, Vince? It's going well, man. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone. Uh, today, we got a great show for you. But first, let me go ahead and introduce a new guest host to the podcast, and that is Tyler. Tyler, how you doing today? Howdy, howdy. Doing good, doing good. We got a good one today for you. We're gonna uh, we're gonna touch on some Kyler Murray stuff and that massive contract. Uh, we're gonna got a couple feel good stories for you, and then uh, then we're gonna dive right into the college world and talk about what is going on with this wild saga that is playing out. So, first off, let's talk about this uh, Kyler Murray contract, gentlemen. I seen this come across, and Tyler, I remember you you text me about this. And I was breaking down the contract and looking at it. This man is making more money for the contract duration than Deshaun Watson. He's got $500,000 more, so it's not a crazy amount, but it is more. Well, that puts him the third highest paid contract only behind Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. I'm going to break down some stats for y'all two gentlemen that I was looking at, and then we'll kind of get your thought process on it. So he's getting paid... $230.5 $230.5 for five years. That breaks down to a little over $46 million a year. He got a sign-on bonus of over $29 million. And if he lasts the length of the contract, he's guaranteed $160 million. Now, to me, Tyler, I remember you texted me and you asked, do you think he's worth that? And initial, I thought, yeah, probably. I mean, he's, he's a decent NFL quarterback, you know, and you're trying to keep them on your team. But then I broke down his stats, and I want y'all gentlemen's thoughts on his stats. He was the eighth best QBR last year. His uh, All his years in, he's never thrown for over 26 touchdowns in a year. He's never thrown for fewer than 10 interceptions. He's never broke 4,000 passing yards. And in his whole career, he's only rushed for 20 touchdowns. So does that sound like a player that is worth this much money and we'll kick it over to you first Tyler let's see what your input is on this okay yeah so I broke it down myself there's some of the cons out there since 2019 him joining the league he is fifth in being sacked fourth in sack yardage wow tied third in in picks since 2019 and 2019 was his second best QBR he was rated 15th in the league 2020 he jumped up to 14th. Ooh, big in 2021, jump there. he jumped up to 7th. Well, I'm going to throw some numbers at you. His QBR in 19 was 57.7. Wow. 2020 was 61.9. And he was at, at 14th. In 2021, last year, it dropped down to 57.3, his worst QBR, but he was rated 7th. Obviously, the quarterback sucked last year. And the year before that, they were better as a whole in the league. Of course, he was rookie of the year, two Pro Bowls, but with the, too much negatives on the with the sacks, the picks, that doesn't to me put him second or third highest in the league. Don't even put me in the top five for him. I don't, I don't think he's valued that much. I mean, 
I was comparing him to Josh Allen. Josh Allen came in in 2018. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen's first year, he only played 12 games. 2019, he got a full season. He's played almost every game every year compared to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray missed three games last year and missed at least one game the first two years. That doesn't mean he's necessarily injury prone, but he's missed five games. That's not a lot, but let's be honest. I just don't think he's that valuable. I think he's getting better, but with Josh Allen's last two years compared to his, he, he puts Kyler Murray to shame. I'm going to tell you right now that I know a master guns that would say you better put some respect on Josh Allen's name. So, uh, Vince, what's your thought on that? I mean, is there that many starting quarterbacks? Because here's the thing. You don't pay this man the money. He walks. So what do you do? Do you go to the draft? Do you go to the free agency? What's your thought on that? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go the complete polar opposite. I'm going to go down the roster and quarterbacks, right? Okay. Starting quarterbacks. I'm going to give out these numbers. I'm not going to say who the quarterback is. Okay. 62% passing completion percentage. Mm-hmm. 3,563 yards, mm-hmm. 27 touchdowns, mm-hmm. seven interceptions. Okay. He was sacked 32 times, and his QBR is 54.7, and the rating, the passer rating, is 94.6. What quarterback do y'all think that is? Russell Wilson. Stafford. Carson Wentz. Whoa! Whoa, both way off. <laughs> I figured with the seven picks, I was like, that's got to be Russell Wilson having that low, right? I mean, that dude that dude holds on to the ball. Carson Wentz was 18th in passing yards last year. Kyler Murray was 14th. I understand that Kyler Murray only played 14 games because of the injury or whatever. Carson Wentz is not worth that money. Mm-mm. That is true. That's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I mean, I... Don't think he's worth it, but there's not enough starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I feel like I feel like I've had this conversation with you, Vince, before, and I've had this conversation with you, Tyler, before. And I do believe that there is more starting quarterbacks in the NFL now than maybe there was. Uh, we'll go five, six years ago. But sure. I don't think there is 32. That yes, there technically yes, there is 32 starting quarterbacks. But I don't think there is. 32 starting quarterbacks, if you know what I mean. Um, You're talking franchise quarterbacks. Correct. You've got to have a quarterback out there. But, I mean, we've seen it. Teams just rotate quarterbacks like it's a raffle. Like, hey, you got the next number up. Let's go. I I don't think there is 32 that out there that should be a starting quarterback on a team. So, to me, Kyler Murray is not worth it. And that pains me because Mm -hmm. up until I really dug into his stats – I never really watched the man play, but what I did always see was like highlight plays from him, and I'm like, this dude's out here balling, okay. But then when I really dug into him, I'm like, he's not really all that. So, but yeah. now the money's been paid, the contract's been signed, the ink's dry. Does that mean but, what you got? I mean, but he did whine to kind of get it too, though. I mean, he made his little statements on Instagram and his little social media, you know, going. Going pretty much ghosting the Arizona Cardinals. He did pretty do much that. make the statement, uh, "You got to pay me." So I mean, if you're the Cardinals, would you, you know, if you don't pay him that money, he was going to walk. So do you take that? Do you take that chance? I mean, does the coach take that chance? Because right, because if the coach lets that dude walk and he does not replace him with a quarterback that can output, you know, 
Arizona Cardinal fans will be calling for that coach's head. So do you let him walk? Well, the reason why he's even there is because of the coach. I mean, Coach Cliff Kingsburg was recruiting him out of high school, wanted him in college. Then when he moved up to the pros, I mean, he had his eyes set on him on that draft. Okay. So then let me kick this question. I'll ask you, Vince. So Kyler Murray's got the money now. I have to feel like this reset the market for QBs. Am I wrong? No. This this has definitely reset the market. Um, I was actually just looking up stats from Lamar Jackson here. That's your favorite, uh, I know. This this is just so confusing to me. Like I don't understand how you can give Kyler Murray this money. This just strengthens the case for Lamar Jackson. To get a he has done more for the Ravens than Kyler Murray has done for the yeah the Cardinals. I, I mean, I'll give him that. He's done more for them. But this is the other thing. Kyler Murray threw for nine more yards than Lamar Jackson last year. That's it. With the exception of two games, right? Lamar played twelve. Kyler played fourteen. Right. Yeah, There's that, no way he's making up 900 yards with his lack of accuracy, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to catch up with Kyler Murray. But but that's not a big difference, though. I mean, when you – Kyler Murray, yeah. he does move He does move around. He does take off running a little bit. But he is more of a passer than a rusher. Lamar yeah, yeah. Jackson is more of a rusher. And I yeah. feel like you should have more passing yards than him in that. Yeah. This is true. This is true. I, I mean, you <sighs> – I hate taking into account of this because I'm a big fan of next man up. I don't care who who gets hurt. Next man, next man up, right? Exactly. So, uh, who was it that was hurt? Hopkins did right. get hurt. Yeah, you still have AJ Green there, right? I mean, I mean yeah, you yeah, got him. Uh, Kirk Christian. Oh yeah, you're right. Now he's to yeah. me, You do have AJ Green, but AJ Green's a shell of the AJ Green we've seen in Cincy. If we can get fifty percent of DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green, you still can win games. I believe I right. agree. To me, you still have to throw for four thousand yards. You I mean, have to. You have to break for AJ Green. Got there. He had Larry Fritz Gerald. Yeah, that dinosaur. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but he. he was just I, you do you know that that's very interesting? I think like maybe three weeks ago, I still thought Larry Fitzgerald was still in the league. This man was retired like three years ago. Well, he hasn't officially retired, but he's still playing three years ago. I'm just going to throw you the wild little stat out here. And I've told you this before, Vince. I don't know if I've told you this, Tyler, but Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles than he does drop balls in his NFL career. Mr. Reliable. <laughs> Mr. Reliable. He makes a tackle too, boy. <laughs> you don't drop the labels. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm I'm curious to see because Lamar to me is next up uh, that I could think of off the top of my head. So I'm curious to see what his contract is going to look like. Yeah, I mean, look at the uh, receiving core that Lamar has, Kyler has, Josh Allen has, uh, and just all the comparison. I mean, me personally, I think Kyler's got the better core. He should be balling. He should be yeah. balling. I mean, he should he should be. I mean, in my opinion, I think he should be throwing for close to five thousand yards. He's Absolutely. got to break four. You got to break four. I mean, I uh, he, even, he hasn't even thrown thirty TDs yet. Not in the season. He's not thrown twenty six was the most. That to me, uh, I mean, year two. That's that's mind blowing. That's when I realized real quick I changed my stance on it and was like, oh, I mean, because you almost feel like. 
you almost feel like you got to let him walk. Now, he's never lost a fumble, though. That's one thing he's got going on for him. He has fumbled a lot, but he's never lost one. But that's just a matter of time. I mean, I'm sure this year he's not he's going to lose one now that I said that. But uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it all plays out. So, well, let's roll into a couple feel-good stories, gents. And uh, to me, these, these are great stories. I love any time I can throw a feel-good story out there, right, because it kind of makes you realize that, People care. You know, we go through the motions of the day-to-day. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. You know, someone does this or that, and you're like, yo, what is wrong with people? But these these stories, to me, show me that people genuinely care. So first one up was J.J. Watt. Now, a lady in Texas, her grandfather unfortunately passed away, and she had put on Twitter that she was trying to sell her J.J. Watt Reeboks and a female-cut jersey. That was also J.J. Watts. And she was only asking, I think, 90 bucks collectively or something like that. Well, J.J. Watt caught wind of this. And he said, keep your shoes. Keep your jersey. I'm going to help pay for your grandfather's funeral. And, of course, the family was you know, kind of like, yeah, okay, we'll see. I'll, I'll believe it when it happens. And then he PayPal'd on the money for the grandfather's funeral. Wow. That man's a national treasure. I mean, that is... Just an amazing thing to do for somebody in their time of need. That shows that you are human. You have compassion. I love it. So that's the first one. The second one was Mr. Bo Jackson himself, which I love me some Bo. Bo knows. And uh, he went to Uvalde and donated $170,000 to help with the funerals of the victims of that shooting. And he didn't tell his soul. He went with him and one personal friend and donated it to the, the governor of Texas, I believe is who it ended up going to. But he went there to kind of see what had happened and all that. And that that's wild. He said uh, he's got, you know, obviously kids and grandchildren. And he told the media, obviously, once it come out, you know, he said, maybe it's the fact that I'm getting older, I'm almost 60. But no parent should have to bury their child. I I couldn't agree more with him. I love seeing athletes who have gotten wealth and stuff like that, and they use it for good as well. They don't just get out there and buy flashy this or, you know, do this or do that. They understand that, hey, I am better off than a lot of people. Let me help them in their time of need. And that, that shows the true character of somebody. All right. So let's roll into college football. That is what we are really going to dig into this podcast. And Tyler, I brought you on because you are literally a walking history book of college football. Uh, to the point where when you talk to me, I... I have to just shake my head sometimes and look at you because I don't know what's going on. So, But I wanted to first talk about the realignment. So I was looking up some stuff, and I may miss a few teams, but here's what I've seen recently that's going crazy right now. So Texas and Oklahoma just agreed to join the SEC. BYU, Cincy, Houston, and UCF just agreed to join the Big 12. And UCLA and USC agreed to join the Big Ten. 
And then I also heard that the ACC commissioner is just like, can't we all be friends? So, first off, we'll kick it over to you, Tyler. What's your thought on all this shuffling, realignment, moving around? I mean, is it good for football or what? Good for money. <laughs> I, I, I hate it for football. I mean, even as a kid, I used to wonder, like, like you know, I love my Newells. Go Newells. Uh, like, why they weren't always playing the best teams. I'd be like, who's Duke? You know? <laughs> I get it. They were always playing Florida and Miami. But, like, why weren't they playing the big dogs, you know, all the time? But. At that, you know, at such a young age, I understand the importance of conferences. As I got older, I started to think the conferences were almost pointless, but everything seems to need a government. I hate it since it's been going on for about a decade now, the realignment. And, I mean, I honestly think it's bad for football. Well, one of the things I remember, right, and it's, I would say, about a decade, yeah, this is one of the ones that's real big, and you and I talked about this, Tyler, was when Mizzou ended up joining the SEC along with Texas A&M. Now, I don't see a bad thing for Texas A&M joining, but Mizzou? Like, you literally joined arguably the, the powerhouse conference in the country. For what? The SEC, that commissioner didn't care about Mizzou. He didn't care that, you know... Hey, you're coming in here, blah, blah. It was a money grab. Because he doesn't care that, Mizzou, you're going to go play these powerhouse teams every year and get just beat down. You know, maybe you'll sneak one by here and there. Um, but, I mean, their, their talent that Mizzou is pulling in is not the type of talent that a Georgia, a Alabama, a Florida... I mean, it's not even in the same league. So... To me, it had to be a money grab that is fueling all this. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you ain't going to move the Missouri State Bears into there. I mean, Missouri is the only school in Missouri that really produces close, I mean, close to having big money for like the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Pac-12. I mean, that's why they moved them over. I mean, states next door, I mean, they produce a lot of wide receivers, kind of what they're known for, but that's the only school in the state of Missouri that that brings in money. Is it is any other state in the or is any other school in the state of Missouri even in the top tier of football? I mean, I don't even know. I don't know another state that's or another school that's in there. Not FBS level, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. The FCS, yes. You have a couple in that. Do you think then? Do you think Tyler that the reason they're moving all around these conferences is to hopefully try to position themselves? to get voted into a college playoffs? I mean, does this have something to do with it? I think the reason why Missouri made it in there, truthfully, is they they knew they could get Texas A&M, but they would have to bring another team in. And why not pouch from the same conference? You know, as you've noticed, Texas, Oklahoma, UCLA, USC, they're, they're moving in twos. Yep. And – it, it kind of hide, hide, it probably is hiding stuff, honestly, that we're not seeing or realizing. But every time when there's a move, the only move that I've noticed is it's like a one-team move was when the Maryland left ACC. Thank God. But <laughs> other than that, that's the only one-team move I can recall. Yeah, I, I'd be hard-pressed to think of another one. So, well, let me kick my thoughts then to you about what I think. 
with this. And then, Vance, I kind of want to see what you think as well with this. So they're doing all these realignments. You know, we got all these different conferences and all this and that. To me, I think it definitely has to deal with something to do, some of these schools posture up and try to hopefully get into the college playoffs, maybe get better bowl games, something. Pulling bigger recruits, I don't know. But I personally do not like the conferences. I think the conferences are starting to get way out of whack. I think you're starting to have people travel all over the place. To me, I prefer zones, right? It, to me, it's logical. You zone the United States, and that's where you play it. You break it down into, I would say, four divisions, but you zone them. To me, it's logistically better. You don't have to travel as far. It's not as big of a beat down on the players. And you can play so many games outside of that zone, right? Say USC is 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 a powerhouse right now, and they want to go play Florida, who's also a powerhouse. There's stuff you can do, you know, to to swap that in there. But to me, you break it down into four divisions, and I believe you have the Northeast, Southeast, Northwest, and Southwest. And you break it down in this for more than one reason. But to me, the biggest reason was you then expand the college playoffs. I do not like the four-game college playoffs. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, they play all these games, and it's rough on their body. And blah. <laughs> Listen to me. The NFL plays three preseason games, 17 regular season games, and then if you're a wild-card team, you can play. I mean, if you go deep into playoffs, you're going to play wild-card. You're going to play division. You're going to play conference. You're going to play Super Bowl. Four extra games. So we'll just say the starters don't play in the preseason, right? They're still, if they go deep, going to play up to 21 games. Why are you telling me these, these, a lot of these kids are going to the NFL? I mean, that's where they come from. Mm-hmm. It's college football. So why are you telling me that you can't break it down into four divisions, right? 16 games. And the way you decide the seeds is you take each division and they have a championship game, right? And in that championship game, the winner obviously gets to, to rep the rights of winning the championship, but they also get a first-round bye. Now, the loser, you get in as well, right? You were the second-best team in that division, so you get in. And the last four spots are going to be left up not to a committee, because I don't like putting personal feelings into it. I think you build some kind of formula right some kind of system whatever that goes off of wins goes off points scored how big the wins were you know whatever you want to do strength of schedules but some big formula that some math genius puts together and it spits out a number an analytic number and that number those four highest analytic numbers are the last four teams that get in you don't like it you think it's unfair that it's like that? Hey, have a better season. But at least it gives eight people definitively a chance to get in there. And there's none of this argument about, because we see it every year. The third, You know, you look at it and you go, well, is the third team really that good? Is the fourth team really that good? Most of the time you have the two locked down. You know they're the top two teams. Third, eh, it depends. But fourth, we argue every year about the fourth team. And I think it allows it to get in there and you just have, you just run your tournaments and that's how you do it. Vince, what do you, do you like that breakdown? Are you okay with the four game 
college playoffs right now. What is your thought on that? I don't like the four playoffs um, and the way it's constructed right now. I actually agree with what you were saying there. I, I mean, to be honest, if you if you give an algorithm and you present it to to these teams, right, they know what they need to do. Uh, what, what, what was the coach for Oklahoma that that left went to USC? I forgot his name. Lincoln Riley. There he is. Yes, he was upset last year, and I think it was against the Texas game where he was playing for points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it dealt with the Big Twelve championship game, but he had conscious enough to realize that. And I, I don't want to misquote what he was why he was trying to get the points, but like he was. He knew that he needed those points for a particular reason. Um, If you give all these teams that same algorithm and they know what to do from game one, you have no room to argue because personal opinion is out of the whole scenario. Um, I I don't like how they're bunching these these uh, these conferences up, though. I I will I will say that Um, I I do. I'm going to tell you the one coach that probably doesn't like this the most. And it's good old Nick Saban. <laughs> I love old it's Nick good old Nick Saban. And I, I believe with Alabama. I have no problem with them whatsoever. I, I was a Georgia fan. I sold my soul for them to win a championship <laughs> this year. Um, I became a San Diego State and BYU fan this year. Oh, my uh, God. The Mormons. What? Yeah, l- listen, <laughs> listen, when there's mediocrity year to year, you can never be disappointed. It's all uphill from there. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, we made the game, we in there, baby. That's all I'm saying. Um but I, I I don't think that I really feel like Alabama gets away with playing weak teams. And I'm not saying they play consistently weak teams. Like like, you know, I, I would say about as much as they, they bolster about being the best team in college football, right? You have these these like what what's what's Charleston Southern? Like who what? Like we're playing Charleston Southern, they, well, they want the money. We're gonna beat up on their kids. Well, let okay, me ask cool. you this. Let me ask you this. Do you think <laughs> beat up on the kids? Boy, you wildin'. Let me ask you this. Do you think that everybody knows Alabama's a juggernaut, right? Yes. Yeah, Historically, since Nick Saban's been there, if you come to Alabama and you play for four years, you will win a national championship. It has been proven. So. Mm-hmm. Is do you think that maybe some of these big powerhouse teams that want to compete maybe don't want to play Alabama because they know like if I lose to Alabama and somebody else upsets Alabama that's my that's my my opportunity gone because Alabama year in year out is going to be stacked and going to be deep do you do you think that scares some of the competition away Vince? I think if that does scare the competition away that's a very weak team. You don't know if the water's cold unless you stick your foot in the water. I think it's a coward to me. I'm trying to play it. I wasn't going to say that. You said it, but oh, that's what I was getting around to. I ain't got no problem saying it. I'm trying to Uh-oh. knock the juggernaut out. So. Because, because uh, like, all right, so all odds are better. Like, all odds are stacked against you at this point, right? You're expected to lose. Correct. But for that one opportunity that you beat Bama, and then you go on to win a national championship behind it, you just took recruits away from Alabama. 100%. 100%. Tyler, what do you think about that playoff scheme I kicked? And if you don't like it, right, what do you think we should do? So there's 131 schools in the FBS. 
131. You broke it down to four zones. That's roughly 32, 34 schools a zone. That's a playoff in its own. I didn't think about it that way. I did not think about that. <laughs> so, I do believe competition has ran from joining the SEC. I think that's why Lincoln Riley went to USC. He wants the easiest route. He added it. He had it in the Big Twelve. Year in, year out. Who was competing with Oklahoma in the Big Twelve while he was there? Nobody. I can't Nobody. think of anybody. Texas hasn't and, done nothing since Mac Brown. Yeah, yeah. His, for his last couple of years. I about to say they yeah. declined uh, the last few years. You know, there is coaches out there that want that competition, that, that crave that competition. People want to say that Florida State wouldn't ever join the SEC. Well, I mean, the history behind that was the University of Florida and a couple other schools rejected against it. And that's why Florida State was never in the SEC. Bowd wasn't scared to play anybody. He made that clear as day. I mean, you look at his schedules. But a lot of these coaches now, I mean, Nick Saban, he has now officially become the GOAT of college football head coaching. As many coaches and players he loses every year, and he still wins out. I mean, he, he's dominant to the core. But for realignment purposes, it's hard to say. I mean, because with the NIL, that restructures everything. If that was not in the picture, I think you could eliminate a couple conferences. Because out of the 131 schools, there's 10 conferences. Power five, a group of five. Hmm. And, I mean, I think it was just like five – Four or five years ago, there was only like 120, maybe 122 schools. I mean, schools are getting money. People are watching them. I mean, there's some FCS schools. There's some HBCU. I mean, look at Jackson State, what Dion's bringing in. I mean, he's he's bringing revenue in for that school. He definitely I mean, right is. Now he's, he, he definitely he's actually is. ticked off at another HBCU school from Florida, Bethune-Cookman, I believe it is. They moved the game from uh, their home stadium to Jacksonville, so it's a neutral site game, and they averaged about 5,000 fans a game. Wow. Yeah, and the reason why Dion's mad is because he won't, his team won't be getting any of that money, and they're, that's all, it's going to be a home game for Bethune-Cookman, and all that profit's going to generate towards them, and he's mad because Jackson State's going to be the one that shows up the most. He's probably going to bring about 40,000 people to that game. And they won't they won't get any off of that. I can so, understand why he'd be upset. I mean, I I wouldn't. Know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so I mean, it, it's all just come down to so much money. Uh, the SEC. The, I I was honestly surprised that the Big Ten pulled the USC UCLA move. Uh, I shouldn't have been. I'm more surprised that they pulled UCLA instead of like Washington or Oregon. Two but LA schools. To me, it, yeah, they want they want Los Angeles. I mean, the the big recruiting states is California, Texas, Florida. Yep. And then you have Georgia, Louisiana, um, and Alabama. I mean, those those states also produce, but not quite like Florida, Texas, and, and California. California is known for its quarterbacks. Right now, I think three of the top eight quarterbacks and coming out of high school right now are out of, out of uh, California. So the money's there, the players are there. So if you zone it off, you got. Washington, up in the northwest, who's going to compete with them? Washington State. They struggle to beat them. I mean, Oregon's there. I mean, but getting players to stay in that area is going to be difficult because most of the teams, if you look in the last, say, 20, 30 years, where have most of the national titles gone? Which which zone area? The south. Southeast. Yeah, yeah. So, 
if you zone it off, most of it, I mean, they're already stealing players from every state. And it's just, it, it's it's sad, it's bad that this realignment's happening all because of money. Like Tennessee is picking up a, a quarterback for like eight million a year and he's still in high school. They're already paying him. Miami's doing the same thing. And it's just, at the end of the day, it's all about money. I mean, like I said, it goes back 10 years when I think it honestly started when Nebraska joined the Big Ten. And what's weird about the Big Ten, the AAU, the academic uh, athletes of universities, it's a little association group. USC and UCLA happen to be a part of it. Nebraska is the only one in the Big Ten that is not associated with it. So it's kind of like your ticket to get in. Now, Nebraska used to be, but to get into that group – you have to meet certain standards. You have to pay a certain amount to get involved. So it sounds like there's their middleman of how they even got involved. I mean, because of the uh, the alliance, the Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC alliance. That was a joke. <laughs> that was like behind doors, a uh, high five. Like, Let's keep it sealed, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see how well that lasted. I mean, that, I mean, look, college realignment. We got the Pac-12, the media rights deal ends in 2024. Big 12, 2024, 2025. ACC's. Freaking 2036. Notre Dame's in 2025. You got three conference, three major things happening by the 2025. Notre Dame's uh, media rights ends, Big 12s, and Pac 12s. Before we get too far off that topic, I just want to say Notre Dame every year is overrated. I just want to put that yes. out there. Oh, my yes, absolutely. I, I don't disagree whatsoever. They, they, I was actually just about to bring that up. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with Notre Dame. Um, what, what yeah. all this realignment. The thing is, Notre Dame will always bring in recruits. Notre Dame will always bring in top-tier recruits. And Notre Dame will always do nothing with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just in year Six. in, year out. Now, my personal recommendation, I think they're if they're going to keep the route they're going, three power conferences and then three little leagues. So you you say realign basically to six conferences. Yeah. Hmm, okay. All right. What about the that, college? That'll help. And now for playoffs, I think it needs at least be 12. This yeah. four is a joke. It's about as worse as the BCS. Do you okay. – 16. Those extra teams, right – do you take the committee out of it and just put back the algorithm? I like an algorithm. I don't like feelings involved. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about the BCS was it, it had a general purpose, and it, it, I mean, it came pretty close pretty often of putting teams together. Like, if you've seen the top four to top ten, imagine those all being in a playoff together at least. That would have been a lot better football. But, you know, this committee, it's a freaking – the committee is a joke, first of all. I do it's not a like it. popularity contest. That's it. Yeah, it is. Well, and they, they can't get the people in there that they really want because they know it's a joke. Rice as an advisor. Wow, wow. Yeah. I mean, what's Connelly Rice got to do with any of it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, so then let me roll into the next topic here then on top of that. And that, since we're, you know, digging deep into the realignment, and Tyler, you already spoke something about it, the NIL – so before we dig too deep in it, I just kind of want to throw out a couple of things I found here. So first off, the NCAA was designed to be amateurism, right? Now, what is amateurism? Amateurism is somebody that doesn't get paid for what they do, right? You're not a pro. You're an amateur. 
So that's what it was originally designed for. And these kids would come, they would get full ride scholarships, they would get media coverage, they would get all these different things from getting into college, and then, you know, they would go to be maybe doctors, uh, lawyers, janitors, janitors, or they would get a, <laughs> a, a chance at being a pro. Well, now with this NIL name image likeness deal coming out, they can make money off of it. Now, I'm not 100% opposed to that, but here's where it gets fishy and a little tricky, right? Boosters cannot pay these people. It is not a pay-for-play system. And just back in May, Nick Saban came out and said, this is happening everywhere. <laughs> he accused Texas A&M, your boy Jimbo Fisher, which, by the way, I do not like this man. But that's a whole other topic. Oh, he, he's just a foul person to me. Uh, a liar. I mean, you name it, it probably describes him. But... Nick Saban came out and said, Texas A&M is buying players. And Jimbo Fisher came out and was fiery towards him. Said him and Nick Saban's relationship is done. And had a few other choice things to say. Well, mm -hmm. fast forward a little bit. And a video leaked out, which will be, I'll be putting the link on our social medias for y'all to check it out. But a video leaked out of one of their recruiters telling a recruit, Y'all getting a lot of money from the people behind these suites if you decide to play here, as he pointed to the suites in Texas A&M Stadium. So, what Jimbo denied is actually happening in his program under his charge. Is that is that ruining college football? Do you think it's going to ruin college football, Tyler? I mean, what's your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Now, Jimbo actually said last year, before the year turned over, it's been going on for years. He bluntly said it. There's a video out there about it. He said it on national news. It's been going on for years because uh, players getting paid. That's true. Look at Reggie Bush. And, Look at SMU. I mean, it's happened. Yeah. I mean, they, they finally come back out of nowhere, and here they are back in the FBS level, you know, and they're about to join the Big, Big 12. Well, so, I mean, these players are getting paid ungodly amounts of money. I've seen one contract, somebody is uh, $8 million. And I realized they don't really have to do much to get this money. And now you have players that are saying, either up my money or I'm switching schools. So, now we're seeing it seeping in there a little bit and affecting recruitment. You see players that are pulling what a lot of pro athletes are doing. So, Vince, what's your take on this? Do you think it's good? Do you think a full-ride scholarship to some of these are big-name universities, do you think mm -hmm. that's enough for you to go play, Vince? Or is to you, do you think that these, these players deserve to get paid at the amateur level? This is what happens when <laughs> the student-athletes are pleading with them, and I'm talking 20 years ago, pleading with them to have some form of compensation. Mm -hmm. And then you get to this point here where it goes to a federal judge and the floodgates open. Like, I, I, this is not controlled whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm looking at the $8 million deal you're talking about here. This guy's not even playing this year. 
what did I, 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 I don't understand this like I, I really don't understand this aren't there some students in high school that can have nil deals right now no yeah, but is there Kansas state yeah. yeah what that 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 eight million dollar player he's a he, he's i think he's lives in texas but he's going to tennessee yeah it's crazy like i don't understand this like now, now it's, it's it's and at first i was very hip, uh critical about nick saban but once he opened his mouth all this stuff starts coming out here oh yeah and I'm, I'm, I'm like oh man he wasn't he he still was bitter. Don't get me wrong. Oh, he's bitter, but I mean, he's, he's rightfully bitter. I write, <laughs> this dude, and I understand why Nick Saban's bitter. This dude has been on the backs of his skill, on the backs of what he can recruit, how he can talk, on the backs of him going to little towns in Mississippi and dancing on social media. This man has got recruits to join and has won, and now these people are coming in and say, "Cool, you can win." I can't re- recruit at all, but guess what? I can pay people millions and they'll join me. Mm-hmm. It's the whole concept of when people play, and I'm going to relate this to video games a little bit, but it's the whole concept of when you see a video game and people say that video game is paid to win. It doesn't matter how much you grind and how well you are. If you got the pocketbook, you can win. And that's exactly what is going on here. These teams that have the money, the boosters, are pulling in the players and it's it's taking away from to me it's turning into a a lower tier pro football it's turning into an xfl you know it's turning to a, a you know an aaf you know it's turning into all these lower tier football programs or football leagues and it's ruining the development league correct yeah and it's ruining to me, it's ruining college football, right? A lot of people don't like pro football based off of the diva mindset, based off no loyalties, based off, I mean, you name it. And it's normally, it generates and it, and it revolves around pay. And now we're turning around and saying, you know what? Let's pay these college athletes. And I do agree with you, Vince. Have they done some kind of compensation and allowed it? I don't think it would have held forever. Right, because not all. I mean, what is it? Good things don't always last, right? Right. It wouldn't have held forever, but I think it would have held a lot longer, and they probably could have put something better in place. Right now, the NCAA was not proactive, and now they have to be reactive. And like, like good old Vinny says, once you squeeze the toothpaste out of that tube. You can't put it back. Well, see, go ahead, Ben. Uh, well, well, I was going to say this here, and, and then I'm, I'm, I'm done on the subject. Um, and what I mean by if they would have taken care, taken care of this 20 years ago, I'm not saying pay somebody $8 million. I think that's outrageous. I, I, I think that's outrageous. I, I think maybe three times of what they get on the back end after tuition and stuff is paid for, right? And then on top of that, right, and this is only for the big schools because I'm sorry, uh, San Diego State ain't bringing in the same revenue Alabama is. Not even close. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna to call it spade a spade here, right? Um, but if you pay them three times the amount of what they would get back on their, you know, the refund checks, right? And then you mandate them to take a financial literacy class, right? There it is. So now there you know how to manage your money. 
Um, because one of the biggest problems when these players make it to the NFL, NBA, MLB, MLS, they waste their money. They, they completely waste Absolutely. their money. Vince, Jamarcus I, Vince I'm going to I'm gonna have to ask you, Vince, are you sitting here looking at my notes? Because that was the very next thing I was about to lead into. I think you over here stole my notes, man. I'm an accountant, bro. That's all I think about is money. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely That's well, definitely a problem because... And, and I've seen I've seen some documentaries on it, and I think NBA is is one of the real big ones um, that they talked about. And I know NFL's got to be right behind it with the the average length of an NFL career. But most of these players go in, they make money at a young age, and they don't know how to spend it. They think <laughs> they think oh the money will always come, it'll always be there. They go buy these lavish you know, mansions, these big properties, these cars. And what they're not realizing is, okay, you, yes, I see you bought a multi-million dollar home in this, you know, upscale community that you have to pay. God knows how much in community fees there, you know. And now, but hey, hey, oh, and by the way, Uncle Sam wants his money every year and uh, he expects you to pay property taxes. Mm-hmm. You start Me and doing- Jonathan- work with a colonel that drove a 97 Toyota Tacoma. That is, that you is know, correct. That is correct. A full know. bird colonel. Full yeah, bird colonel. Now, he did, buy him yeah. a, he did buy him a pretty nice ride when the wheels fell off. Yeah, 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 that was dope. That was dope. He had so, a dope let, me, let me throw this one thing out there. What you got? So, we, we got the NIL that's out there. Yep. What You know what else was introduced at the same time? What? Transport portal. Oh What's my God! Don't get. Oh. So listen, listen. This is this is this has been my theory since it's happened. Mm-hmm. Is when that when when the NIL opened up, the floodgates opened up, yep. and they knew. I think the NCAA knew they screwed up. They didn't know what to do, know how to control it or govern it. I think that's why they allowed the the transfer portal to cover up their screw up. So I mean. Talking about NIL deals getting screwed around so much, you got Ohio State picking up the number one recruit for the next year's draft, uh, uh, high school recruiting system, and he, he leaves early, goes to Ohio State, gets a brand new F three fifty or whatever it was with a million dollars. Then he leaves and goes back to Texas, the University of Texas, without even playing a down and getting another mill. Yeah, was that that was that that white boy with that mullet? Yeah, he actually got out of high school. Early, graduated early to do that. I remember that. Given a meal, given a new truck, and then left because he knew CJ Stroud was fixing a rocket for another another year or so, and he didn't want to sit behind him. So then he goes to Texas, and this is for some of these recruits have got to be dumb. Uh, like I'm not against competition, mm-hmm. but when you got like five guys that are easily top five quarterbacks of the last three years, something don't add up. Like you're not going to play. Only one guy's gonna play. That I mean, there's true. 131 schools. Go somewhere else. Are you talking about Quinn Ewers? That's him. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's him. I told you. So I, I think the transfer portal was a cover up. Now the transfer portal is gone. It, it's it's a it's a screw up. It's out of control. It's sad. I mean, high school recruits are getting overlooked now because of it. It's a free agency now. Yeah, and 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 don't get me wrong, right? I am all for people making money. I'm all for it. I am not against people making money at all, right? 
if I was put in that position, if God had gifted me with a talent to launch that football, you know, 60, 70 yards and all that, I, I would 100% take the money. You have to. When it's presented to you, it's not illegal. And it's presented to yeah. you in the opportunity to better your future and your families. Why would you not take it? So I don't fault those kids for taking the offers. No. But it is out of control because these offers, some of these kids, I mean, some of these kids aren't even, Spencer Rattler last year, I don't remember how much he made, but he got benched. Like, you got benched and you just made and millions said, of dollars. forget it, I'm going to South Carolina. And just made millions of dollars riding the pine. Come on, man, seriously? It's just something. So, like, I, I, I got a, a technician at my job. His son ju- just finished his four, uh, his four years in college at a D1 school in the Pac-12. I won't say what school. I won't say his name. When the NIL hit, he called his dad and said, Dad, I don't know what to do. I'm getting these offers, and I don't know what to do. So I think there's a side of them that they're, they're scared. They're nervous. They want to screw up, put themselves. Because, I mean, let's let's be honest. There's a mafia behind all this yeah. that, that nobody can control. It, it is getting out of, and I, it is getting out of control and I can understand why you would be scared because all growing up right we've all been told nothing in life comes easy and I get it you've been balling but we've also watched pro sports athletes get just wrapped up in their contracts and basically turn from a human being to a possession right and just be yeah. owned by that team. And not have the free will to even do what they want to do. Like, you don't want to play? Cool. Sit out. Not only do we not have to pay you, but you don't burn a year of your contract either. So we own you. And that's a scary thing, man. Somebody literally, you you feel like you are somebody's possession. And it takes away all the humanity. And that's not a good feeling at all. I, I, I can only imagine the feeling they must feel, you know, and then you got somebody that says, hey, I got all this money. I'm throwing it at you. Yeah, but what do you want in return? Oh, nothing. I just want you to, you know, do a couple commercials for me. And you've never had that. These kids are having to get, you know, they're having to get managers. They're having to try to figure it out. And it's like, these people that are doing this, they don't have these kids' best interests in hand. They don't care about these kids. All they care about is winning a championship, you know, bringing these kids to this school. They don't care. If that kid if that kid fell off the face of the earth in two years after that and they never heard from him again. Let, let me ask you this. What you got? Clemson's quarterback, DJ Ugla. Where's last this? year when, he, when the season started, yep. he was uh, commercial ads for Bojangles and Dr. Pepper. When he got bent, how many more uh, Bojangles and Dr. Pepper courses with his face on it did you see? Uh, Yikes. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any. Yeah, that got quite quick. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. This this is out of control. And unfortunately, I don't have the answer, right? Y'all made this mess, NCAA and federal judge. But here's the thing. The Supreme Court, the judges, they don't care. It's not their problem to solve. It's not their mess to fix. It's not. So I, I, don't, I don't know how you fix it. I don't have a solution for it. But you do have to get in front of it sooner than later because this is just going to continue to grow and grow and grow and be a monster. Right. And you're not going right. to be able to control it. At some point, 
you're going to struggle to try to control this. <laughs> oh my God. I just thought about this. Hear me out here. What you got? <laughs> I, I know how'd you fix this? How you fix but, it? Collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. How, that's how you fix it. Yeah. But that would, that would require the players to join a union. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. NFL PA. And then you got people like LeBron running it. The, NBA Players Association. Do you really want that, though? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Right. Well, it's still Chris Paul right now, but eventually it'll be LeBron. Yeah. But uh, I, I had a, a gentleman tell me one time, before this NIL was happening, but it was coming, he told me, he goes, you know, NIL wouldn't be so bad as if they made it a trust fund. I like it. But when they got out, the money was there. Say that kid making $8 million. Right now, not even throwing a down his senior year in high school, and then going to go to play for the Vols. Something happened at the end of his career. He didn't make it to the pros. He wasn't good enough. Or he was just an average QB that got injured. At least that money is there in the trust fund. I mean, yep. they get paid an allowance monthly in college. They get clothed. They get food. They get a nice place to stay. They get all the training they want. The classes of choices. I mean, it, it's set up perfectly for them. I, like I, mean, I don't see what way a player could complain after that. I like no. it. I like it. That That's the first thing that I have heard around this that I really like. I, I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm, I'm 32. I'm about to be 33. I'm not as old as either one of you two old old fellas. But uh, no, I, know, I know you're closer <laughs> to the nursing home and all, but... Easy. <laughs> easy. We still look better than you, though. Whoa, easy, easy, easy. I'm going to be editing that out of the podcast. Um, <laughs> but, hey, don't edit the truth out. Hey, 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 hey. You wash your mouth or I mute you. Um, <laughs> but my thing is, like, I'm looking towards the future with me, you know, and my family, right? And I do stuff you like putting money into retirement accounts and all that. And granted, my job has retirement, and I will, you know, God forbid, as long as I don't get hurt, I'll reach that retirement. But had I had the opportunity to put a large chunk of money into something like that, I would have took it in a heartbeat. I mean, that that of course. that would have been great. Now, here's here's the thing, right? These kids are young, though. In today's society, everybody wants to floss. Everybody wants to ball. They want to... I want the you know the tricked out whip. I want the chains. I want the jerseys. I want the shoes. I want whatever it is, you know, the sunglasses. Whatever they're into, they want it, right? And these kids are young. They're not. They're not looking towards the future, right? Because the ones that are, are going to take that money and invest it. Majority of them, though, I'd be willing to say, came from not majority of them per se, but I would say a lot of them come from homes that maybe don't make as much money, right? Those are the ones that need the money put in trust funds because they've never had the money. They don't know what to do with it. Those are the ones that need that stuff. Look at, look at, and, I, and I'll, I'll put this little note in and then we'll kind of kick it back and forth one more time and then we'll roll out or roll off of this topic. But look at, I just seen Jamarcus Russell, right? Considered <laughs> one of the worst NFL, the top NFL bust. And he just came out. He agrees, bro. He agrees. He agrees. He agrees, and he just came out and said, and I love it. I love it because it's like, yo, I can't argue with you. He just came out and said, 
You can call me a bust. You can call me whatever you want to call me. He said, but you know what? I wasn't supposed to make it. I wasn't supposed to come out of what I was. I wasn't supposed to go to a top-tier college and win an S championship. I wasn't supposed to make it to the NFL and make millions. So you can call me whatever you want, but I, I got millions, and my family is in a position that none of them ever dreamed of we would make. I love that. And I love it. I love it, man. Hey, to add to that, Thibodeau, the defense in at Oregon, I, I've never really been a fan of him. It, it, you know, it threw me for a loop that he actually went to Oregon, being the top defense in, come out of high school. And um, he stated why when he was going into the draft why he chose to go to the Pac-12 over the SEC and the ACC. He said because the Pac-12 – they take schooling more serious. They take education more serious. The fact that he was able to realize that in high school means that he had an example above him. Unlike, you know, Jamarcus Russell didn't have that best example. But a lot of these players don't have that best example. I mean, mm-hmm. for a player to go play for a great school with a great education system, that that's smart to make Fair. that move. He was looking towards his future. I love it. Yeah. Well, I, I like the idea of the trust fund too because it protects the player from himself yep. and those that are yeah. in in his corner that are, that don't have his best and his or her yes. excuse me his or her's best interest yes, yes, at yes. heart. That is it right there. You nailed it on the head, Vince. So, Absolutely. Well, with that, everyone, we're coming to the end of the podcast, and before we throw out our Crazy stats of the week. I would like to go ahead and give some shout outs. And uh, we have some great people that have been supporting our podcast, been listening to it out there. First off, I want to go ahead and give shout outs to every one of you that have listened to our podcast so far. Thank you so much. You don't know how much it means to all of us, right? And not just myself and Vince, but the guest hosts to get out there. Everybody loves to get out there and be heard. They're loving their their thoughts being put out there. And I think it's just a great way for us to get people together talking about what we all love in that sports. So thank you for everybody that's listened. Thank you for every one of you that are sharing us on your social medias. That is huge as well. We thank you so much for that. Also, I want to give a shout out to two people in particular. And that is Ishmael. Mr. Red Rum himself, thank you so much for the donations last week. It means a lot. And I would like to also give a shout out to our guest host this week, Tyler. Thank you so much for not only coming on the show this week and helping put some great quality stuff out there, but also thank you for the donation to help keep us running. It it can't be expressed how much this truly means to us to have people in our corner helping us out. So thank you so much, Tyler, as well. God's a blessing, brother. Thank you all. With that, Vince, Tyler, I'm going to go ahead and roll into my wild fact of the week. Vince, I know this is your favorite NBA center of all time, so that's why I'm going to tell you about it. Mr. Big Ben Wallace. (laughs) Ben, this is very interesting that you said that because I have an interesting fact about another Wallace. Oh, man. All right. Well, Ben <laughs> Wallace has more blocks 
than fouls and more steals than turnovers in his NBA career. He's the only player in NBA history to do this. He is also the first player in NBA history to go undrafted and make the Hall of Fame. And I love Big Ben. Big Ben, man, when when the Pistons was playing the Lakers, I was rooting for him to for him to beat up on Shaq because that dude was a gangster on the court. He wasn't scared of Shaq. He was about the only center I can recall that wasn't scared of Shaq. Ben Wallace made me a fan of the Pistons. So there's that. Vince, what you got? Yeah, this is a, this is actually his uh, his teammate, Rasheed Wallace. This one's actually funny to me. Right. I didn't know this about him. <laughs> so when the Detroit Pistons won their championship, mm-hmm. Rasheed Wallace, when they did the ring fitting, he got his ring fitted for his middle finger. <laughs> <That's Rasheed. laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. I, I, I can one hundred percent believe that. <laughs> wow! Look at my ring finger. <laughs> Check out my ring. That's uh, that has some subliminal messages thrown in there. So. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, with that, I want to go ahead and thank you, Vince, for once again coming on. And kicking the show with me. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to many more with him as well. And Tyler, as our guest host this week, I thank you as well for taking time out of your busy schedule for coming out here and uh, putting some college info into all of our ears. Thank you so much. Hey, before I go, I got one bold take. I want you to write this down. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, hold up. Hold up, man. Vince has, got a, Vince has got a running tally of all of, of, all of our bold yes, takes. Yes, I have tallies. Hold on. Give me a second. I'm sorry. What's you got? All right. For this year's NFL season. Uh-oh. Shout out to who that? Nation. Man, I knew I shouldn't have invited you on the podcast. Jay Blue Winston oh will be in the running for MVP by the end of the season, but will not win, but will be in the running. What? Vince, I'm gonna if need he you. He does not get injured. Vince, I'm gonna need you to circle that one. <laughs> All right, crab legs in the MVP running. Okay. <laughs> hey, J Boo, uh, J Dungeness, Winston. <laughs> oh my god! I guess they're gonna be eating a bunch of W's. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah, hey, he all about eating on, W's, guys. man. <laughs> Jeez. Got to dip them in butter. Anyways, now that we're done, uh, I don't need you to take a drug test because I don't know about you. But again, thanks, Tyler, for coming out here and, and putting out some stuff out there and giving your insanely hot take that I can't wait to clown you for at the end of the year. I got to have a glass of wine after that. But I appreciate it, Tyler. We really do. We really do. Absolutely. Thank y'all. And with that, we are at the end of the podcast. We hope you liked this episode. And once again, make sure you follow us on our social media. Make sure you check us out. We'll be going out there throwing some hot takes. Should have some good stuff for you. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you.